A bead of sweat forms on your brow, but you can't reach it to wipe it away. Your enemy's face is obscured by a layer of wire mesh. You draw your sword. Nothing else matters at this moment but winning. And that's what's happening on Relate this week. I'm Tamara Stanners, and this is Relate by Zendesk. We look at relationships from every angle. And today's relationship is... Well, it's it's adversarial, I think, would be putting it mildly. (laughs) Yeah. That's producer Andy Shepard. So what is this? Some kind of fight to the death thing? Well, no. It's no. But there's, (laughs) I mean, there's definitely some hand-to-hand combat in this story. It's a combat sport. You know, you're fighting someone. So it can get personal. That's Nicole Ross. I am a fencing athlete. She's an Olympic athlete. And a fencing coach. And we're going to hear more from her in a second. So you know how we talk about all sorts of different kinds of relationships on the podcast. Well, I wanted to get a sense of, you know, how professional adversaries manage their relationships, right? Like, you know, how like a prosecutor gets along with a defense attorney. Totally. Or, Or how do politicians handle each other after they've been attacking each other through the campaign and then they have to work together? Yeah, exactly. Because these people have to have relationships after the fact, otherwise nothing gets done. So sports uh, has lots of examples of adversarial relationships. And one-on-one sports, you know, like wrestling or boxing or fencing, that's like raw adversarial competition, right? Totally. So fencing is the sport with swords and the en garde. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Although in fencing, they call them foils instead of, course, of swords. Of course. We're, you know, if we're going to be proper <laughs> about this. Um, but it's this centuries-old sport that was designed so you could practice dueling swords. Without killing each other. I like that idea. But it's still super intense, you know, even if no one's getting impaled <laughs> or whatever. Um, and the thing is, the fencing community, as you can imagine, it's not huge. So basically everyone knows everyone else. When I'm fencing uh, in my competitions, uh, I'm really fencing the same group of women in the international circuit over and over again. And there's about 150 to 200 regulars from all over the world. And and we all know each other pretty well and are pretty familiar uh, with each other. The relationships are actually really strong outside of the competition. Uh, many of the competitors, and certainly I include myself in this, are friends uh, with each other and keep in touch sort of outside of the of the competition. Um, that's not to say that the, the competition isn't extremely fierce and that they're you know, there's plenty of people who don't interact with each other on a daily basis, but I, I know that those friendships definitely exist outside of the competition. So these relationships exist, which is great. But, you know, the competitions are one-on-one and they're fierce, as Nicole said. So, you know, how do you get along with your opponents and your teammates even? Because sometimes you have to fight them. The hardest situation, I think, is when you are fencing not just someone who you consider a friend who you like, but your teammate. So someone from your own nation who you train with and fence with against other nations and who oftentimes is your roommate. 
you know, who's living with you at the competition, um, spending time with you, eating dinner with you, eating breakfast with you, doing everything with you, you know, lying in bed with you at night, talking to you about, you know, your family or whatever. And, um, having to compete against those people and, and having to put on sort of a face for that is definitely one of the, the biggest challenges that exists. I can't imagine what it would feel like to face such a close friend in what's basically modeled after a battle to the death. Well, imagine this. So you and your teammate uh, start the Grand Prix of fencing, and you start the competition on opposite sides of the bracket. Oh, what is a bracket? Well, you know, like like in a in a tournament, right? You see you see oh, a oh, list, yes. uh, you know, right, right with with pairs on one side and pairs on one side, and and you know, each time there's a layer of elimination, and finally you meet up with with two people in the middle. Right. So I want you to imagine that you're on one side of this bracket. And your teammate and really good friend is on the other side of the bracket, but slowly each of you is progressing and you're slowly moving towards each other and this personal battle is looming. Most recently, I, I've had to fence um, my teammate, Lee Kiefer, who's um, number two in the world and she's an incredible competitor. We're spending the whole day on opposite sides of the bracket, so we weren't meeting each other before the final bout, cheering each other on and hoping that the other one um, would succeed and win and cheering for each other when the other one wasn't fencing. And then as the tournament continues, they're getting closer yeah. and closer until finally they're facing each other on, on this platform, the piece they call it. Right. So what we've got here is friend versus friend, teammate against teammate, American against American, and the stakes are high. I mean, they both desperately want this honor of being the first American women's foil fencer to win a Grand Prix title. tough you know as soon as the last touch is scored and, and the bout is over obviously and she ended up beating me obviously I felt disappointment oh I would feel so disappointed too and miserable really yeah I mean you've worked so, so hard, hard for this yeah but you know Nicole's a pro I just immediately was so happy for her and thinking about how we were going to have an American flag raised in this Italian venue. And um, so so I, I think, you know, it was bittersweet, of course, to lose. But, but um, also, you're really happy for your friend at the end of the day. Well, obviously, she's very mature about all of this. But it can't always work out like that. Well, no, I think uh, most of the time it's probably a lot harder to manage than that. There are people that I've encountered and there are times that I've fenced teammates when and I've beaten them and they haven't been able to look me in the eye you know for a few days afterwards or they've avoided me or it's been very obvious that they don't want to interact after um, a loss against me um, and and in those situations I you know have to try to be understanding that it's a really difficult situation and um, and it's awkward and it could be that the person is just you know, having trouble knowing how to act 
um, and that it, it's it's not necessarily personal, or maybe it is personal. Um, I mean, you know, some people take these things super personally, and so yeah, there's definitely all different kinds of reactions. It's a combat sport, you know, you're fighting someone, so it can get personal. So I, I have certainly seen, for example, two competitors who have to um, compete with each other for one spot on an Olympic team um, have their relationship go to a place where it might not be able to return. Um, and, and that's definitely sad, um, but also understandable, right, to a certain extent with the pressure um, that we put on ourselves and the pressure that gets put on us to, to perform at this level. So much pressure. I mean, how do you deal with it so it doesn't ruin you or ruin your beloved sport for you? Well, Nicole has a simple bit of advice, and I think this applies, you know, outside of sport as well. I teach this to my kids, and I've been taught this since I was a little kid. Um, it, you, you leave it all out on the strip, right? So to us, that means you put on your most tough face when you are fencing, and it doesn't matter if you know the person, if you love the person. You put on your mask and you fence them as hard as you can, as honestly as you can, um, as competitively as you can, and then you leave that behind on the strip. When you get off the strip, you know, you come back to the person that you are in normal life, and, and so that's sort of what that refers to. Thanks to Jeff Ulster for that interview with U.S. Olympic fencer Nicole Ross. not an Olympic athlete or a lawyer or a politician, it's useful to know when to dial down the competitive attitude from time to time or to let others get the win. Or better still, take your adversaries out for coffee. There's a piece over on the Relate online magazine called Office Politics, Players Gonna Play and Haters Gonna Hate. And it's got some great tips for neutralizing office rivalries before they get out of hand. Go to relate.zendesk.com. I'm still waiting for that coffee, Tamara. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll go get it right now. That's it for Relate this time around. In two weeks, a Culture Clash episode. We've got a story of two men from really different cultural backgrounds. I mean, we're talking long-standing animosity here, but these two men formed an unlikely friendship over the course of a 4,000-mile bike trip. So subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you listen, and we'll serve up that episode and a bunch of other great stories that we've got in the works. In the meantime, for more articles on connecting to your customers in deeper ways, visit relate.zendesk.com. And if you want to explore technology built to improve your customer interactions, head over to zendesk.com for a free trial. I'm Tamara Stanners. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Andy Shepard. What about you? What do you, what do you get to say in there? I, you know, I'm done at this point. For me and Andy, <laughs> bye.